Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome, welcome along to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Dan Casey in the hot seat today, bringing you all of the sporting action from around the Rebel County and further afield. A big shout out to Cahill Minogue. Thank you, Cahill. Going to start off with a huge congratulations to John Evans and Co. down in Kilna Marcher today. I believe the first Cork football club, or intermediate team rather, to play uh, in the All-Ireland Final in Croke Park. And it's been 19 years since a Cork footballing intermediate side was in the final. They will take on St. Patrick's in the final on Sunday the 14th of January in Croker and uh, they will have absolutely unbelievable support, I am sure. Came right down to the wire uh, today, winning in Port Leash on a scoreline of 2-10-15 points. Just the one point in it against Castlereagh of Ross Common. If I can get a call with John Evans in the next hour or so, I will absolutely try my best best to bring that to you, especially as uh, it went uh, down so well the last time. If you hit one of them down here, you may as well have hit 100 in the other side of football here in Cork and Avondale United beat Ring Matin Rangers on a scoreline of 4-1 today in the MSL O'Connell Cup and in the English football there was slash is 19 ties up for decision today in the third round of the FA Cup all eyes really were on the Tyneside Derby of Sunderland versus Newcastle at the Stadium of Light Newcastle running away with the 3-0 win. Uh, that will not go down well in Sunderland. Graham Courtney has the full-time report. Sunderland nil, Newcastle United 3. It wasn't one-way traffic, but it wasn't far off. Sunderland had only one effort on goal in the opening 45. Sadly for the defender, Dan Ballard, it was at the wrong end. An own goal after 35 minutes. Newcastle got their second in the opening minute of the second half. Cool finish by Alexander Izaga. And then 88 on the clock, Anthony Gordon into the Sunderland penalty area, brought down, referee pointed straight to the spot, Alexander Izak slammed it home, Newcastle cruise into the fourth round of the FA Cup finished at the Stadium of Light, Sunderland nil, Newcastle United 3 Eddie Howe of course will be hugely relieved with that win, the fans might be annoyed over uh, some Premier League results but they would have been apoplectic with a loss to their neighbours and uh, at the same token Michael Beale, the Sunderland manager, will be feeling the pressure over that loss despite them being in the, the playoff spots in the Championship it simply means that much to the fans there. Elsewhere, Joe Pedro seems to be putting Evan Ferguson under pressure for his position in the Brighton squad. Shane Pinnington reports from the Amex Stadium. It's finished Stoke 2, Brighton 4 and Roberto Zerbi's men won here in the fifth round last season and his side made sure there was no revenge dished out here today as the Premier League class eventually told as the visitors put their place in Monday's fourth round draw. The host took the lead through a John Paul Van Hecken goal before Pervis Estinion's volley levelled matters. Lewis Dunk then put Brighton 2-1 up only to then handle in the box for Lewis Baker to make it 2-2 from 12 yards. But two goals in the space of nine minutes in the second half from Yao Pedro Settle the tie in the visitors' favour here. It's finished Stoke 2, Brighton 4. Elsewhere in the FA Cup, it finished Bournemouth 3, QPR 2. Watford, were uh, their blushes were saved really with a last-minute winner at home to Chesterfield. That would have been an absolute disaster if that had to go through a replay. But the game's currently taking place now. Chelsea are currently playing Preston North End. That remains nil all. Remains nil all. Middlesbrough, Aston Villa. Sheffield Wednesday are 1-0 up against Cardiff City and Swansea City are drawing against Morecambe. Moving to Gaelic football again and a huge one tomorrow. Crow Park 1-45. Cork's Castlehaven take on St. Bridget's of Common in the AIB GAA Football All-Ireland Senior Club Championship semi-final. 
Both teams will fancy their chances in this one. I spoke to off the ball Tommy Rooney last night about the semi-final. Tommy was one of the Cratlow players who lost Castlehaven in the Munster Championship back in November, so he knows them very well. Tommy also went to the Cork versus Clare game in the McGrath Cup during the week. That game finishing up Cork 2-14, Clare 8 points. He seemed very impressed by the Rebels, but um, take a listen for yourself. Today to be joined here on the big red bench by the one and only Tommy Rooney of Off the Ball. He's doing a preview with us for the Castlehaven game and uh, having a look back at the Cork footballers. We're going to focus in on Castlehaven, first of all. They're playing St. Bridges in the All-Ireland Club semi-final on Sunday. Tommy, you're going to be there. Are you excited for this match? Well, Dan, uh, excitement. Um, can I say excitement? I definitely, OK, look, it's going to be a good game of football. Um I'm a bit conflicted myself. Uh, part of me feels like our boys in Cratlow could have been there if we got over the line against Castlehaven back in November, but that's a long time ago. So, yes, I'm excited and I'm really looking forward to seeing um, who comes through it because it's going to be a cracking game of football. I know Glenn Kilmco Croaks is catching all the headlines for all the right or wrong reasons this week, but make no mistake about it, Castlehaven or Bridges is going to be a titanic battle on Sunday as well. When you're referring to uh, our boys, you were actually one of the players on the Cratlow team. Who yeah. on the who on the Castlehaven team should we be looking out for? Oh, there's a number of lads on the Castlehaven team. Really, really strong team. They're stacked, really like. Um, you know, funnily enough, uh talking to John Cleary during the week, and obviously he's a Castlehaven man, a Castlehaven legend, and I said, uh, you know, you'll be wearing the blue and white on Sunday, and he said, I will. I got my six nephews playing and that's probably a good place to start. So you've got the Maguires and the Catalans there. Um, and like, talk about the core of that team, like Roy Maguire, um, like what a year he had last year. You know, he's he kind of sets the tone back there, the power and strength of the man. He's so good on the ball. Uh, then you've got, you know, Damien Catalan, who, according to Jeremy McCarthy this week, is struggling with a hamstring injury. And up front, you've got the Hurleys, you know, Michael and Brian. And Michael seemingly isn't bothered with a, a hamstring as well. So hopefully for the sake of the game and for the sake of Castlehaven, those two lads are ready to rock and they're able to perform because, Jesus, their their year has rolled on so far. It'd be such a shame if they missed that day. Um, you know, outside of that, I thought Colin Maguire has been exceptional throughout the year. He's really kind of caught fire over the last couple of weeks. Um, the Dingle performance in particular, like what, a, what an exceptional performance in the circumstances of a the weather, but also the significance of the occasion. He really stood up to be counted that day. And Mark Collins, like such a shrewd operator, one of my favourite footballers in and around the the last seven or eight years when he was operating at his peak. I just thought he was such a silky, stylish footballer. Always enjoyed watching him. Um, and you know, like he's he's come up a massive score. He's come up with a massive score against Gratlow when uh I think we had leveled the game in normal time. Collins gets a point off the next kick out. Our end of boys does level it again and brings it to extra time. But like that was a big score that day. And he goes and he does it again a few weeks later against Dingo with that unbelievable score into the wind. Like that is like that, it's not a fluke. Like Mark Collins stands up when he needs when he's needed luck. And um Castlehaven just seemed to have that across the board. A number of lads that no matter what's going on, they're ready to stick to stand up and take that big moment. And that's why they've got to where they've got to over the last little while. Or if you're after Damien Cahillan, uh, lie down after heroics. Well, uh, to lie down, I don't know that he does that where he's hurt the hamstring. Do you know what I mean? Like, God, like one of one of the most epic moments of the year, I would say, last year. That that 
penalty shootout performance. Like it was something else, really was. Um, and like a place like Castlehaven, like I, I've, I've driven through it. I, I don't know it too well, but I, I presume when the team are on a run like this, there's nothing else that matters down there. And the buzz and the momentum and everything they brought with them, they're going into that game with a lot of backing behind them on Sunday. I might say it's just all guns blazing ahead of Sunday and hopefully for them into the final. When you were there on the pitch playing against them as a unit, what are the biggest compliments you could uh, pay to them as a team? Well, I, th- I think I've said them already, to be honest with you. like the, Their ability to win tight games is a massive one and we would have prided ourselves in that in Clatterwell this year that you know whether we were underdogs or favourites we knew how to come out on the right side of, of matches and that game against the boys in Castlehaven went right down to the wire we would have backed ourselves going into it we knew what they were bringing to the table they came out the, the other side of it look what they did against Dingle like not every team can do that like you're, you're talking about county champions here there's 32 in senior football across the board, maybe 33, double it for Hurling, you know. Then you're talking intermediate, you're talking junior. The amount of teams that win, you know, every year, there's there's not many, but there's quite a few. But the amount of teams that get this far, you know, these are the cream of the crop and the best of the lot. And that, to me, is is the strength that's in this team. They're obviously very close to each other. You can tell that. Um, you know, the boys that are living in the city and travelling back, the fellas that have the connections with their fathers and their uncles and the teams that have gone before. And like that's a powerful thing in a parish and a club when you're able to tap into that side of thing and you're able to lean on history for those things. It won't bring you far. It won't get you over the line. But I think you can feel that about Castlehaven, that, you know, this is a journey for the, the entire area. Um like then there's the quality on the ball you know the two earlies uh, Jack Callan is a really tasty footballer he's a playmaker um, Brian has been exceptional all season long from what I've seen and then you've got the strength in defence you know there's athleticism and real real strong defenders in the tackle so you know they're a really 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 good outfit um, whether they have enough to get by Bridgets who I would have watched closely is another question you know I, I would know quite a lot of the Bridges players um, would have watched a lot of them underage over the last couple of years would have been to quite a few worst common county matches and then I would have seen Cara Finn who they took down in the Connacht final quite closely this year I think I was at three or four Cara Finn games and like the Bridges performance that day was so impressive it was one of I would say the best executed game plans I have seen in the last couple of months and I've seen a few good ones and uh, I just think that Bridges you know they've done it before they've won in All-Ireland in the last decade and while it's a completely different team and they may not be where that team was back in, in 2013, um, they know how to do it. And like that's a big thing as well in your favour. Do you think they uh, match up stylistically well? Will that be in Castlehaven's favour? Uh, I think the matchup slightly differently, to be honest with you. I think the styles of play are slightly differently. I think Castlehaven's actual defensive setup has kind of gone under the radar. I actually think Nemo Rangers got a bit too much stick for the manner in which the Cork County final went this year and you know looking at the manner in which Castlehaven had set up before we played them in Cratlow um, and even afterwards how they set up um, you know beating us and then winning in Waterford and winning against Dingle you know they're very shrewd defensively look they know how to kill a game they, they will set up defensively they will set up with essentially I would say 13 behind the ball and, you know, go 1-1 then. Brian Hurdy, Michael Hurdy. They'll mix that up as the game goes on. But that's how I would have 
seen their their basic setup, I suppose. They break with pace. They have good runners. They have kickers if they need it. The likes of Mark Collins can pick a pass and Colin McGuire can mix up his game whenever, whichever way he wants. Um, you know, Conor Callan is a very strong runner. Damien Callan, depending on how fit he is, like Damien is not afraid to make a long kick pass if he has to. So, like, while Castlehaven can set up in a very defensive fashion, I wouldn't necessarily deem them quite, like, a negative team. Like, they've got plenty of good footballers across the board. Bridget's, on the other hand, like, where I think this is going to be really interesting is the middle third and like, how God, voracious Bridges were against Carfin. Like, they ate them alive. And for a team to be as flat as Carfin were, especially a team like Carfin, it was a surprise how flat they were. But they just didn't get a chance. Like, Bridges were just eating them alive. You know, Brian Stack, I would imagine, is going to be tasked with Brian Hurley pushing them a little bit further out the field. A, I think that suits Stack. Um, B, you know, regardless of the attention Brian Hurley gets, in the big moments, I still back him to step up and deliver, whether that be from Freezer Marks, he's cute enough to win them himself, or create a bit of space. But, like, you can't forget that Brian Stack has not been beaten this year by anyone, really. Like, the list of players that he has taken down is off the charts. It is sensational stuff. And I, I said it during the week and off the ball, I think Brian Stack could be as important to his common as Sean Kelly is to Galway. I also think in the manner in which Sean Kelly is as important to Galway's defence as he is to their attack, Brian Stack could do the same thing for his common and Bridget's. He's just that good in the full back line that he's back there at the minute. Um, so I, I could see Stack and Hurley, that being an unbelievable battle. The middle third, like, it caught me actually how good Bridget's were in that middle third um, and how much they at Carfin alive. I wonder was that down to Carfin as much as Bridges? I'm not sure, but to me that's where that's going to be a bit more of a battle. And I just think Ben O'Carroll on the Bridges attack, like in the same manner that the two Hurleys probably need a bit of support, you know, in terms of shooting and scores, Ben O'Carroll is very hard stopped at the minute. And, you know, that kid is electric. And I'm trying to think of who who the natural matchup is for Castlehaven. I don't think it's Damien Callan. I don't think it's Rory Maguire. Like, I don't know who they're going to match up with Ben O'Carroll. Like, I, I don't know. And I think that's where Bridges could possibly do a bit of damage. Um, you know, if Stack could do a real job on Brian Hurley and win that battle and keep Hurley out of it and Ben O'Carroll could do damage on the far side, I think that could be, that's where Bridges are going to be leaning on. Yeah, you're not filling me with uh, much hope there after after <laughs> after all that. <laughs> I, that's I, I didn't I suppose I didn't mean it that way like, I do think it's incredibly tight like you know I've spent the first seven or eight minutes here talking about all the positives that Castlehaven are bringing to the table I don't know I'm not going to call this one because I don't know which way it's going to go I would from the manner of the, the momentum that is behind Castlehaven like, I don't think they're favourites but very hard to count against them given what they've done so far this year No they weren't yeah to be fair to them they weren't favourites against Nemo and they weren't favourites against Ingle but uh they did the job I know them, but I think they, they might just make it a three-peat yeah I wonder like you know the, the magnitude of Bridges taking down Carfin has that been over egged a little bit like that's I would question that a, a small bit like it, and maybe it's a lot more even than the bookies have made out or, or people have made out during the week and I would definitely have it as a 50-50 game here okay okay uh, you were at Cork versus Clare during the week how, how did you uh, fare on that one? Yeah, I was I was at Cork Clare in the McGrath Cup. Um, uh, you know, handy dawdled down the M18 when I'm living in Clare. I want to put this on the record, Dan. I've been saying all week that I think Cork are, you know, they're serious about this year. That judgment has not been made 
on a Wednesday night in Clare Castle. That is more of a collective feeling that I'm getting from the place. I was down at the Teddy McCarthy Tribute Games in Porky Cueve. I'm keeping an eye closely on, you know, core club football over the last while. You know, look at the buzz around Kilnamartha and Castlehaven. Look at what John Cleary has been building over the last couple of years. And that's where the next point is coming from. I do feel like Cork are going to make a real go of it this year. And I think that I kind of dismissed them last year. Like James O'Donoghue said it on the football pod, that you know, Cork were yeah, seen that he was James O'Donoghue's Cork. James O'Donoghue's Cork. And we got a bit of crack out of that. You know, maybe we pushed it a bit far at times and maybe we didn't take Cork too seriously last year. But I am taking Cork seriously this year. Like hiccups like they had against me that, you know, um, in Parky Cueve and Mead, in a lot of ways, like just steamrolled them. Like Mead had the chest out that day and Mead's season ended up in the Falcon Cup. Now they won it, but like where Cork ended up and where Mead ended up, I think showed, you know, th- there should have been a difference there to start last year, but I don't think Cork were right. Um, I spoke to Cleary a few times over the year last year. I spoke to him last week. Um, and one of the points he made was, you know, bringing the likes of Rob Heffernan and Kevin Walsh on board into his backroom team for his first full season. I know he had the, he stepped in in the March when Keith Rickon got ill. So his first full season was, was 2023. You know, bedding in those lads and the new ideas and the new backroom team and bringing in younger players, it took a long time for them to be able to settle and I suppose properly integrate the, the plan that they had and how they wanted to set up. If he said that the six weeks they got after Claire Betham and Ennis was the biggest part of their season and is what kind of got them on the right path. And they were a much better proposition once the kind of the round Robins series resumed. And I think that they've been able to build on that over the last couple of months. I think he's taken this McGrath Cup seriously. I think he's taken Division 2 seriously. And I do think that we're going to see a Cork team that aren't watery, I would say. Because I would have considered them relatively watery over the last couple of years. Um a team that you just don't know what you're going to get. They're blowing hot and cold. You'd back yourself to take them down. And I think there's going to be a bit of steel added to Cork football this year. It's it's a hunch, but that's that's where I'm at. Where's your hunch uh, leading you in terms of where do you think, uh, what do you think their objectives will be for the season ahead? What do you think Cleary's lined out? I think for, for a good chunk of the teams in Division 2, they're targeting Division 1 because that's where you need to get to. You need to get to Division 1. Now, and all Ireland was one from Division 2 last year, but it happens very rarely. You know, the Dubs did it. Uh, Cork aren't doing that this year. But, you know, could this Cork team develop into something similar to what they had in the mid-2000s? And that was an absolutely exceptional team. That was an incredible team. And it took them a long time to get over the line. And even if you have a team as good as that, you may not win in All-Ireland, just like Mayo had for those years. So can Cork get themselves to the table to become contenders? At the minute... I would have them in the 8-12 to 12 bracket. Can they get to the 8-4 to four bracket? You know, and, and after that, can they, you know, move the way that Goway and Derry have to challenge the likes of Dublin and, and Kerry? So Cork are still a couple of tiers away from getting there. But like promotion this year from a supremely competitive Division 2 has to be a priority. Munster, you do your best. I don't know whether they're going to be ready to take down Kerry yet, but you, you give it a go. Um, and especially with the side of the draw that they're on, um, you're going to be meeting Kerry fairly early. And then you're into your round robin series, which I'd say you'd be taking a bit more seriously, like the league. And can you get to an All Ireland semi final? Like an All Ireland semi final may seem incredibly ambitious right now, but if you nail your Division 2 and you get your promotion and you get close to it and you come through the round robin in a really good way, you'd sort of go away and Mayo. Their seasons were totally thrown into disarray. 
by the inconsistency in the round robin. If you can find a bit of consistency in the league and maintain that throughout May, your summer could be totally different. Yeah, I certainly think we'll give uh, Kerry a good old rattle this year in Munster. I hope so. Uh, Munster needs it. It needs Cork and Kerry back again, uh, most definitely. What improvements do you think need to be made to the Cork team for us to really compete? Semi-final, final, we're looking. Uh, one of the big things last year would have been the, I suppose, I, look, I think to have a good goalkeeper, I think to have, when everyone's fit, good defenders. I think they have good one-on-one defenders. I think they've got athleticism in the half-back line, really strong, powerful runners. Um, I think they've got a couple of decent man-markers. I think they've got size in midfield. Um, Paul Walsh, I was impressed with actually the last day. I know he's a fellow who's been in and around the panel quite a bit. He's Cantark. I thought he kicked a great point early on. He was big in midfield and, and a presence in the air. They've obviously got, you know, Ian Maguire and plenty more Conor Callan around that. I think they've got good size in midfield. What I think they need is I think they need real variety in attack. And I think we saw that against Derry last year. Derry gave opportunities to teams with left-footed shooters, the manner in which they set up. And Cork didn't have anyone who could put the trigger on that side. Um, you know, I like Stephen Sherlock. I think he's quality. Um, last year, Sherlock was flitting between the role of, of super sub and, and coming on and kicking his points or being the main man at different times of the league and different times of the year. Like, who's he going to be this year? Who is Terry Stephen Sherlock going to be this year for Cork? And if Cleary has got him in the right mindset and Sherlock is on fire, there's there's fewer better shooters in the country. And what is your attack like around that? What is the variety in your attack around that? Have you six fellas that are capable of scoring? Have you the athleticism? Have you the size? That's what you need to compete. Like you look at what Kerry you're trying to do this year. Kerry need a corner back, they need a corner forward and maybe somebody in the middle third. Not very much. Dubs don't need very much. Derry and Galway they don't need very much. They need a couple of small changes here and there. Cork need to, need, need to kind of rediscover a good bit of fluency and a bit more variety in, atta- in their attack. But there was good signs Wednesday night. Connor, Connor Corbett scored 1-1 from full forward. Um, not consistent enough, but you know that's that's a good return. Mark Cronin came off the bench and got 1-2. You'll take that. Uh, Chris O'Jones, two points. Blake Murphy got a couple of points. All good, tasty footballers. But are they going to lead you to an All-Ireland or an All-Ireland run. Are they a Donegal O'Connor or a Daniel Goulden? They're not yet, but can they develop into that? And that's what Cork need over the next 10, 12 matches in 2024. Yeah, did you notice at the Teddy Mac game, it seems to be something we'll probably keep in reserve for championship time or in the games that it matters. But Ian Maguire, he'd end up often in the full forward line because he maybe clearly realises, all right, I don't have the the power or the size in in that full forward line. But bringing Ian up from midfield, like he's a huge part of that. Well, I, I think Maguire is, is look at Maguire is a cracking footballer, a brilliant leader, but he's also a, he's also an assist merchant. Like you know, the size of him, he nearly got he's nearly got hands like Aidan O'Shea, and I would consider Aidan O'Shea one of the best ball players in the country in terms of his handling skills and how he can slip a path and he can break the line and and set something up. And Maguire just attracts players to him. He's not the quickest, but he's just so big and powerful that he can just slip ball off, and he's smart about the way he uses it. I, I actually didn't overly notice that. and uh, I'm not even sure that that's exactly what Cork need, but if that's a bit of variety to, to their attack, well, I think brilliant. I, I think in Gaelic football, you need to have four or five different ways of, of getting scores. And too often teams are one-dimensional or they rely on one or two players and that can be their downfall. So for Cork this year, I think they've got the, they're, they're getting the depth. I think they've got the size. I think they've got the power. I think they've got the tactical acumen and Kevin Walsh and John Cleary, they know what they're doing but I think they need to find that bit of spark up top. 
Yeah. Where do you see the trajectory of Cork football going the next three to four years? But three to four years, a lot can happen in three to four years. Like I think steady progression is is key here. And, you know, like doors in sports, you know, there can be so many moments that can just go for against you. Luck can be such a big thing. And if things go right and Cork football keeps improving, there's no reason why it shouldn't. Like, Jesus, Dan, the likes of me and Cork and, you know, Tip and Hurling, like counties with these resources, like, there is no reason why they shouldn't be dining consistently at the top table. Yeah. It's actually it's actually a, a really bad sign when they're not and they're struggling. So, you know, they have a lot of things going in their favour. Um, I think I really like what Cleary's doing and, and how he operates. I, I do think, you know, there's steps that they can take. But as we said a little earlier, you can have everything right and you still can't get, like, there's still a good chance that you won't get over the line. So Cork just need to put themselves into contention. So I'm not really answering your question and get telling you you're going to win Sam Maguire in the next three four years. That's what he's hoping for. I'm not giving you that line, man. I'm not giving you that line. That's how you Rooney. Uh, look, is there, if there's hope for Cork football yet, is what uh, you seem to be saying, though. You'll at least give me that one. Oh, definitely. I'm As I said during the week, Terry people do not need to yell anymore. Cork are coming for them. And all, we're all the better for it. Thanks so much. Tommy Rooney, off the ball. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Take care, man. Talk soon. Thank you, Tommy. We'll be keeping you up to date with all of the action from Croker tomorrow. Best of luck, Castlehaven. That one throwing in at 1.45. Hopefully no hamstring injuries on this occasion. You are listening to The Big Red Bench with Dan Casey here on Cork's Red FM. We'll be right back after these. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. An interesting angle to Sunday's game is the St. Bridget's manager, Jerome Stack, actually used to train Castlehaven. Will he have some insider information that might give them the slight advantage on the day? We'll have to wait and see. But here's Morris Brosnan of the Irish Examiner speaking to Off the Ball Breakfast about the All Ireland Club semi final. A couple of things I like about this game, there is. I, I think uh, Bridges to me, St. Bridges would play a lot of friend, challenge games in Galway. They would be familiar with other Galway clubs beyond Carvin. And I would be one bit surprised if we hear in the next couple of weeks or whatever months or years that uh, Bridges arrived on that networks because they were very well drilled on Carvin. Like they knew exactly what was coming. They seemed to use that to their advantage. They were seemed very familiar with maybe that's down to randomness, maybe that's down to contacts, I don't know what it is, but they knew exactly what was coming and they set up really well for for that and Carfin didn't adapt. And the reason that's interesting for this weekend is because Jerome Stack, the St. Bridges manager, used to train Castlehaven. He was actually he brought in by um by Liam Collins, uh Mark Collins so in twenty might get my year right here, twenty eighteen I'd say Liam Collins was over at Castlehaven and Bernie Collins, a couple of the, the backroom team who are there now would have been there as well. But they also brought in Jerome as a as a trainer. So he is intimately familiar with Castlehaven. He knows exactly what is coming down the tracks this weekend. And I think that's really interesting. I think both from how do they do they set up? Because I I don't think they'll be able to make as much hay on the counter-attack. And I think every score in the first half that day against Carfin came off a turnover because you're coming up against a kicking team uh, who, who might afford you those opportunities. I'm not sure they'll get that this weekend. So that'll be it'll be really interesting to see how they... You talk about size make fights. It'll be really interesting to see how both teams set out uh, on Sunday. Sure to be an interesting one. The Cork footballers got off to a winning start earlier this week as we talked about. The Rebels defeated Clare in the McGrath Cup opener. A comfortable win in the end. 2.14 to 8 points was how it finished in Clare Castle. Our aforementioned friend Tommy Rooney from Off the Ball was there and he caught up with the Cork boss, John Cleary. 
John Carey, Cork manager. Uh, job done tonight against Clare in the McGrath Cup. Uh, fairly significant victory in the end, but it was quite tight for the first 45 minutes or so. Yeah, look, definitely in the end, the scoreline flattered us. Um, you know, there was nothing in that game. We got a breakaway goal there. Conor Corbett finished it well. I thought we set it up well for him up to that. Uh, we were looking at each other on the sideline and said, look, this could be a battle coming down into the last five, ten minutes. Uh, but I think the goal maybe, you know, knocked the life out of Clare. And they had something to hold on to up to that against that wind. And I think after that, then, you know, that's pulled away and, and uh, Clare tired. But, um, you know, we, we tacked down another few scores in the end. And so we'd be happy enough in the end with a chance. Yeah. Um, it must have been tough last April leaving Ennis after that defeat, a one-point defeat. You probably weren't expecting it, but you turned your season around after that, didn't you? Yeah, without a doubt. Look, we knew going up to Ennis because we'd been up there in the league before that and we won by three or four points. But it was a right tough battle and we knew that Clare weren't going to go down you know uh, without, without a fight that day we knew Colin Collins would have a plan up his sleeve that day and look they deservedly won on the day uh, we had chances didn't take them but I thought we learned a good bit from that game and, and as the season turned out it gave us five weeks off that we were able to work on a lot of things as I said Kevin Walsh uh, came in and we had no time to really work with it was you know what I mean it was game and it was the McGrath Cup it was the league it was the championship so it was the first five week block we had and, and I think we, we improved considerably after that yeah. but look Clare are always very hard to beat they always make it hard and Cork coming up here is never easy and and uh, that they deserved their victory and, and, and we had to lick our wounds but we did learn a lot from it. We spoke about that period last summer when you got that chance to bet in some of those game plans and how how important it was given how uh, helter-skelter the, the, the amount of games you had early in the year last year when you've had the last six months I know there's a split season and there's club football and you're missing the Castlehaven boys now but when you, when you have that little bit of extra time now with your management team have you been able to see progression over the last few months? Uh, without a doubt, like the run we had in the championship, I think, you know, uh, bedded down a lot of things for us, you know, and we had we had our three games in, in the round robin, uh, we had the Roscommon game, and then we went to Croke Park and we came up short, so that's the next step we will try to get to, that's the, the learning the you know period we're in and, and the process we're trying to get there we're not up at the level of the top teams but we're trying to get there we face into a very competitive division too now and um, you know first game in Donegal go to Louth the following week so that's what we're trying to prepare for and you know hopefully that we'll you know put on a, our best show against these teams and see how we get on against them yeah uh, it definitely is going to be competitive in Division 2 this year but you, you've been in the court job now a couple of years it feels like you're really building something you've got a bit of momentum what are you targeting this year well look I suppose uh, we, we take it step by step the first thing we're going to target now is, is the league and, and, and do our level best to try and get out of Division 2 and um, you know after that then we have the championship we have Limerick and we're not looking beyond that that's that's all we're looking at uh, at, at this season um, you know We'd, we'd, we'd love to get out of Division 2 we'd love to get a run in the Championship um, but the hard work goes in now today's only the 3rd of January you can see there like in the first half a lot of our lads were very rusty but that's what we're going to work on now in the next few weeks and, and hopefully we can improve yeah, You must have been happy with the forwards off the bench Chris Oak-Jones uh, Connor Corbett who started obviously and Mark Cronin all added a lot in the, last, in the second half uh, Rob Perflin was patrolling the sideline for you on the other side what's he bringing to the table? Uh, yeah, look um, Performance coach is it? Correct yeah Very wide remit what does that mean? <laughs> well look we, 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 we lean in a bit we lean and, and Rob for advice there you know what I mean um, he, Rob is, is Olympic medalist and you know what I mean a world champion and uh, you know when he was available to us uh, we'd have been foolish not to you know to, to tap into his uh, reservoir of knowledge and, and that's what he brings to us he brings something different in preparation and how 
you know the lads should live their lifestyle how they should prepare for games so you know we're delighted to have him on board and, and, and he's giving this that extra bit to us that uh, you know we're delighted with Last one John and best wishes to Cork this year but it's a big day on Sunday for Castlehaven they've had a mighty run this year you'll be wearing the blue and white at the weekend? Oh, that's for sure yeah look that's where I'm from you know um, I have six nephews tagging out on, on, on Sunday uh, so we'll be all up there in force and uh, look, looking forward to it it's a huge day for our club it's a huge day for the parish and uh, you know this is what, what a lot of the people live in Castlehaven live for and I'm no different than that and uh, hopefully we can go up there on, on Sunday and the lads can put in a huge performance and you never know where it might take them best wishes at the weekend and for the season ahead thanks very much Tommy thank you yeah the Cork footballers seem to be simmering away nicely there having a quick look at the FA Cup still nil all between Chelsea and Preston North End as well as a nil all in Millsborough and Aston Villa Sheffield Wednesday are 3-0 up against Cardiff City and Swansea City are 1-0 up against Morecambe a reminder the Cork hurlers are in action tomorrow in the GAA complex in Mallow at two a highly interesting one uh, I'll be there reporting for Red exciting to see some of the well in the least disrespectful term possible fringe players uh, get a run out for the Rebels against a relatively solid uh, Limerick side uh, Dan Morrissey I guess the real standout marquee name on the team sheet for them uh, the Cork team reads as follows Brian Saunderson of Middleton in goal uh, exciting to see him in Jor Mellerick Robert Downey and Sean O'Donoghue in our full-back line, a really strong full-back line, basically the one from last year. Conor O'Callaghan, Tommy O'Connell and Cormac O'Brien in the half-backs. Owen Kerry from Kilworth, who's supposed to be absolutely fantastic. He's been paired up with the experience of Dara Fitzgibbon from Charleville. Then, similar forward, to, forward line to what we had at times uh, last season, Sean Toomey, Conor Lahan. Shane Kingston Jack O'Connor I mean the pace of Jack O'Connor is absolutely incredible Brian Hayes he is going to have a huge year he's been fantastic in both the Teddy McCarthy uh, game against Galway as well apparently in the UCC Canon O'Brien Cup game and then we have Robbie Cotter of Black Rock in corner forward to finish off the squad I think Cork have gone with the stronger team than Limerick and I expect the Rebels to get it done but speaking of hurling former Cork star and manager Dennis Walsh now manages his native St. Catharines who are in the All-Ireland Junior Hurling Final next week. That's in Croke Park at 5. Castle Lions are playing at 7 as well as a reminder. But here's me speaking to Dennis earlier about the match. But arguably more important, uh, strictly St. Catharines, the event they're hosting tonight in the Radisson in Little Island. If you have the time to get on your glad rags and get down there, please do. But make sure to listen to this first. Inter-county might be coming back but we're still not done with the club championships just yet especially here in Cork Saturday 13th of January St. Catharines are playing in the AIB GAA All-Ireland Club Championship Final in Croke Park Throwing there is at 5 Delighted to be joined here by St. Catharines legend slash manager Dennis Walsh Dennis what's uh, the buzz been like around the village villages I should say yeah, sure. Uh, then ma- massive day since before Christmas, and um, I suppose the fact that we have um, between strictly come dancing uh, organised for this, this week and then next week, I suppose, um, and some of the players involved in the whole lot, um, there's great, great bit of momentum, and um, uh, I suppose isn't that what the old the GA club is all about, really, in the community in the whole lot? So there's great, great momentum and people looking forward to. to um, you know, great occasion with the Strictly, and then um, obviously the the, big, the real big one, I suppose, um, the final then in Crow Park. Yeah, are you expecting a big uh, a big crowd from around Ballynor? 
Well, um, I suppose it's hard to calculate that one, but you'd imagine um, you may you'd imagine you won't be leaving too many of the diehards behind anyway, <laughs> you know. Um, and I suppose, look, the fact that our neighbouring clubs, uh, cast lines, are are involved as well makes it um, makes it unique, really, you know. Yeah, you going to get in uh, double decker buses with them, or what's the story? I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that we'll have to look after themselves now, so... Ah, <laughs> we'll just matters. Save the fuel money and just hop in with them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I suppose um, Torlo, Roscarbon, Ove Kilkenny, they're uh, a strong enough old outfit. How do you go about uh, coming into the final? I mean, it's Crow Park, it's a huge occasion. Do you think the big pitch will suit St. Catherine's? Yeah, well, I suppose, look, it's hard... It's hard to know on that from that point of view. Like um, the you know Tullow or uh, Rosp are kind of like our our fairly mobile team, um, and you know use the pitch fairly well. So in any of the games like that we've seen him play in Northern Park and you know above and down, so in the semi-final like they were fairly quick fields and that, and they're well. It, it seems to suit him as well. But I, I think I think Crow Park will suit. Both teams, to be honest with you, um, they like to move the ball around and like to to leave their forwards do the do the business and um, you know hopefully condition like uh, normally Crow Park is in mint condition but obviously or this is this is general like so it might be slightly different um, probably grass could be a bit bare on the bare side but like we'll have to deal with that too but a big field I think will will suit both. Both sets of forwards, I'd imagine, you know. Yeah, and they have one forward in particular that I suppose really stands out, Walter Walsh, of course, uh, the Kilkenny Intercounty player. How do you go about tackling um, a player of his calibre? Yeah, well, well, no. If you if you if you studied uh, Ross Brockan, you realise that um, they have they have more than Walter in, in the forward line, which uh, you know with um, uh, Conor Hennessy up there as well, and then the likes of Coleman or Sullivan coming from midfield and. You know, um, uh, we'll say young Gleeson in, in the corner and that. So they, they have a lot of um, they, they have a lot of uh, firepower up there. So I suppose, look, you know, obviously Walter will be, you know, uh, in our, you know, probably we'll have to tune into him. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to win the game on his own. But um, you know, like it is a 15-man game, and I suppose maybe hopefully that would be one of our strengths as well. But like, look, we look, we have we have some fairly lively forwards as well, and they live they live the same at the other side. They live the same concerns, I imagine. You know. Yeah, can you speak to us about um, Sean O'Donoghue? He seems to be uh, a real barren burner for you this year. Yeah, well, well, you know, um, he's going very well, um, playing playing out the field a bit, and um, he's going well for us, but. You know, again, like that, he's, he's, uh, I suppose the key thing is that he's fitting in. He's fitting in very well to the team, to the team overall. And, um, you know, we've lost uh, Dan Mangan, obviously, and like Owen Condon has come in there full forward, did a very good job. Um, Brian Mull, Rory Galvin, Matt, all these guys, like, you know, have, have been have been doing their stuff. And then um, the likes of William Leamy has been, you know, has been kind of carrying us through a few games there with his energy in the whole ass. So, we we you know we like to think that we have a good a good uh, a good six man unit up there. Plus we have guys on the bench probably ready to come in as well. You know, so that's that's all positive. Yeah, it's certainly needed. Um, I mean, semi final, you beat Eastgate of Sligo uh, by one point. Were you nervous coming down the home stretch? 
Yeah, well, well, it was a 50-50 game. Um, and at one point, it might as well be 11, you know. Um, like, we were three points up. We had hit a purple patch. And um, we're used to... We're used to being involved in those games and hopefully that'll stand to us. But, um, yeah, like, you know, a bit like the Munster final. Um, we were probably, you know, three, four points up there and we conceded two points. But, but like, look, that, that was it. We, we got our noses in front in both the, the Munster final and the, sem- and the Ireland semi-final. And, and we kept and we kept our noses in front, which is, you know, a sign of a good attitude from the lads and that. And... Um, you know, we, you know, we. I'm sure if we if we are looking at Saturday's next Saturday's game, we're probably anticipating that um, you know it's going to be it's going to be tight, and you're going to have to be hungry, and you're going to have to know what's going on. And um, as I said, a one point victory is is all we are looking for. So we're we are used to being in those scrapes, like you know. At the start of the year, uh, Dennis, what was the ultimate objective? I mean, you've been on some run now, and it's not over yet. Um, but what was the ultimate objective? Ah, well, look, I mean, as, as you know, then like we, you know, the county final, obviously, but, you know, we and we, we, we've lost the county in Cork, so, you know, we're back to zero. We know on the 14th, we're back to zero, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, but... I suppose we weren't even thinking about a county final at the start of the year. To be honest with you, we were only we were only kind of maybe considering just getting off the ground and and getting out of the group. Uh, I suppose that was our that really was our only mission statement. Really was to get out of the group um, and see where to take us. Now it took us to a county final, and you know we we fell short. And then we said, well, look, we're we have another journey now. We can take we can take it on, or we can leave it. And we took it on. And um, you know, two weeks on, two weeks here, and two weeks there. And that's the way it kind of that's that's how it happened. You know, you know, you went from you went every two weeks. We were nearly in action every Saturday, and um, you know, all of a sudden, this is where we find ourselves. You know, so you'd be kind of pinching yourself in a way, but um, but but you know, reality has kicked in now. That that like this is it's a, it's a huge game it's a game to be won and um, that's the reality for me the club and the players and all that and and uh, I think we're well prepared like we have a few like Dan, Dan Mangan and Dara Morrison two long term injuries for the year with with, with Crusades but other than that like we've all every other player is is um, is fit and ready to go like so that's that's very positive Well if you lost the county final and went on to win uh, the All-Ireland I'm, I'm sure he He'd certainly take that one anyway. Are the players um, nervous at all about playing in Croke Park, or is it just all excitement? Well, um, I suppose look, that's a ha- that's that's going to be a hard one to call until you get up there. But like you know, if we were lucky, you know, we we're trying to keep it fairly simple and stressing that it's just um, it's just another game now at this stage. And you know, I I don't see any I don't see any great nervousness from the players to be honest with you and maybe even our, our strictly events um, for the club this weekend probably may, may, may might be distracting um, uh, distracting people in a good way yeah. um, so including myself and, and all the supporters as well so it takes maybe takes the pressure off until I suppose maybe maybe Sunday Monday we'll realise oops <laughs> uh, we, better, we better get ready for Croke Park but like, I mean we're we're walking away diligently and the players are too in, in the background over the last two weeks so um, you know the, the players will be the players will be ready and I think their head is in a good, good spot you know 
Yeah, for the modern day club coach, how important is, I suppose, video analysis is getting so much better, the availability of video. Is that something you utilise a lot? Yeah, well, well, I suppose it it, it allows us to, um, you know, like whether whether you go into, you know, clubber or any of these, or you whether you do your own video analysis or anything, but but you're, you you've access to um, you've access to every kind of game now, really. So it allows you to look at teams playing different games, no more than no more than the, the our opposition looking at us now. Uh, it's the same. They've had a good look at us and all the different all the different games as well. But Ash, look. Um, you you can make too much of that, but it, you know, in a way, it does give it it, it does give the players a kind of um, a calling card about different things. Like, and I, I think the main thing then is not to over not to overload anyone with too much information. That you know, they must still go out and play, and um, you know, and that's the key thing. If you if you've overloaded the thing, then well, like might get bogged down in that play. So, like that, we we kind of do it on a, on a kind of a drip feed basis, rather than um, having to review this and review that every week or anything like that. So, uh, you know, we 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 do we do a handy bit of it without without uh, going overboard. But it's more it's more information to the players and pointing out this, that, and the other, and and being uh, confident that you're giving them the right information. That's the that's the crucial thing, really. You know. Was the, was there a particular mantra you've been using since maybe the start of the year or even recently? Uh, well, I suppose, look, um, <laughs> you know, probably one of our mentors going back to the, 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 the former dairy manager, really, uh, Mickey Coleman, uh, it was a case of, uh, <laughs> you know, let's go and see what they're made of. Like, um, that's, re- that's really... Um, that's maybe that's about the bones of it, really. Um, but with a lot, it, I mean, there's a double, there's a double taking that. In other words, that's well, 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 what are we, what are we made of as well? Like you know, I mean, we've got to, we've got to go out and uh, and go at teams and shorehand, and um, if you don't do that, so you've no chance. And and I suppose that's what we're doing. Like we're 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 going out to play and not being too negative or anything like that, and um, see where it takes us. And you know, we're conscious that you know we. We want to, um, you know, we we want to be improving all the time, and the only way you can improve is by these kind of games going in and say, well, we left everything on the table and we went at them, and maybe we weren't good enough, and if we're not good enough, we've got to go away and improve on that. And and I suppose that's, you know, we 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 realise that probably in two or three weeks we're going to be having to come back and start all over again. So there isn't much of a there won't be much of a break in it, you know. But um, we're conscious of that, and but. But at the same time, then we're not, you know, we're not worried about coming back in two or three weeks' time. Um, we have we have an opportunity that we might never again get. I mean, that, that's let's be honest about it. And um, I suppose we're probably drilling that into the players as well. You know. Yeah, forget about Crow Park for the while. I suppose the the real big one is in fact tonight. Strictly Saint Catherine's uh, tonight in the Radisson Blue Hotel, Little Island. Uh, doors open at 6.30 show starts at 7.30 tickets are 30 euro unavailable uh, on the St. Catherine's Twitter page uh, who do you think is going to win the ultimate uh, Strictly St. Catherine's event tonight Dennis? <laughs> I, I, do, uh, I better be careful there now <laughs> um, well um, by the, the company I represent the New Ireland Assurance we are, we are actually sponsoring it and we sponsored it seven seven years ago as well so I'll be up there with a kind of a different hat tonight um, on an official capacity but um, I better keep my I think I better keep my money in my, my pocket in relation to <laughs> 
keep people. So hopefully, hopefully they put in savage work. I mean, some of the players involved, and then everyone sure we nearly know everyone involved, and then they put in savage work there under under Neve Toomey, and um, uh, I, I can tell you that's going to be that's going to be some exhibition tonight, by and they'll you know they'll never forget it. I mean, uh, I, I'd say you know they're anxious after maybe three or four months of hard training, maybe probably twice, three times a week that they're anxious to show what they've got tonight and uh, yeah, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a fabulous night. But there's probably lads more nervous about tonight than uh, the final in a week's time, are they? <laughs> I see. They could, they could be a bit of that, all right. Yeah. <laughs> in case they, they get the old, the old footwork wrong or anything like that. Whereas that, um, they can at least if they get a bang in Croke Park, they can get it out of their system. <laughs> but um, there's no, there's no, there's no hiding place tonight. I'd say. <laughs> Nobody has to do it yourself. Uh, well, I did. I did it um, six or seven years ago. Now that time, and um, I enjoyed it. But I, I, you know, I like that. Now I do it the once, but that'd be that'd be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it'll be an exhibition yeah. anyway. No matter uh, what happens tonight, I'm sure. Um, Dennis Walsh, thanks so much for talking to about us, and best of luck next week. I'm sure you'll do uh, the whole of the area proud there around uh, Ballyno, Connor. Yeah. Thanks a million, Dan. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate yeah. it. Have a good one. Great stuff there. Huge day next Saturday in Croke Park for Cork. St. Catherine's playing to her low Roscoe Bond off Kilkenny at five with Castle Lions to take on Thomastown at seven in their Intermediate Club Championship final. Hopefully, I will be speaking to somebody from Castle Lions over the next week after the show. Just to touch on some of the basketball action from yesterday and today. There was a huge crowd in uh, the Neptune Stadium for the UCC Demons clash with Energy Wise Ireland Neptune. UCC Demons winning that one 100 to 93 in overtime. People are saying that reminded them of some of the basketball action from the 80s when it was absolutely huge here in Ireland. And I can now announce, I think, as of the last half an hour, that uh, Irish Guide Dogs Balling Colleagues game versus the Tree Warriors has also now sold out in the Neptune Stadium tonight. So another cracker of a semi-final, I am sure. I think that is my lot for the evening, but I'll be back again.